0: Well, the Phillies look pretty good. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade. And this is now my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever the heck it's called now, and on Instagram. Uh, I am your pal Sully. I am at Sully Baseball Podcast on with Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, Sully Baseball on Twitter, or X or whatever its name is. Look at that. I got my my wires crossed up there. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, so we're going to cover today the the blowout win, Philadelphia over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, there's no game in the NLCS tomorrow. Or on, we're probably listening to this on Wednesday. But it'll be the resumption of the All-Texas series. One of these series has to go seven games, right? I mean, good Lord. Uh, for uh, Miller Thomas from Lockdown Arizona Diamondbacks is going to be on the show for the majority of it. We're going to be talking about the game. Uh, before we get in there, I did bring up the trivia question, which was which White Sox slugger who out hit and out slugged and got uh, eventual series MVP Paul Canerco and also got a walk off double on his own was denied the ALCS MVP in 2005. Uh, John Murphy Jr. guessed Jermaine Dye. Yeah, that's wrong. Jermaine Dye went on to be the World Series MVP. Greg Brindle and Stell got it correct. It was Joe Creedy. I have no idea why Joe Creedy wasn't the MVP of that series. He completely deserved it. But it happens every once in a while. Last year was an example. Fran Valdez should have been the World Series MVP, but they gave it to Jeremy Pena. But enough of last year. Let's talk about... Uh, this year, in fact, the game that happened earlier tonight, the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Arizona Diamondbacks big. And we're going to talk about it with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. Sully, how are you
1: doing tonight, sir?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm doing okay. I am i can't imagine tonight was uh, a lot of fun for you. As my mom would say, t- the final score was a lot to not enough. Uh, if the Diamondbacks stayed in the hotel and the game was forfeited the final score would have been nine nothing which would have been better for the run differential than what they actually did you've got to be able to beat not attending the game
1: um uh, yeah very uh, not not the funnest game i've had Is that funnest? Even word? i really? know funnest? as i said i was like dr sully's going to be mad yeah, my mom age. my
0: mom has just brought, brought her, her little pen yeah, you know, I, I apologize that. for that. You know what, but... Mom? Give him a break because his team just got the, the doors blown off his car. So, uh, yeah, he's not exactly thinking straight. You know, yeah. the, funny th- the funny thing is, Millard is if you are just a casual baseball observer, and neither one mm-hmm. of us are, you would see the final score, 10 bagel, Philadelphia. You shrug. You say, do you know what? Philly's just had it. Diamondbacks just didn't. It's not like there was one event that could turn around a 10 0 game. Uh, there was. There was one moment that happened in the game tonight that your pal Sully started yelling at the GD TV. And I say GD because I don't want an MA rating on okay. this podcast here. Okay. There was one event that I said, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And they did it, and the game went off the rails. Now, I want to – because you and I teased this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. but the we didn't tell you what it was. What do you think the thing that drove me absolutely batty that happened in today's game?
1: Well, at first, when we were talking pregame, I was thought maybe it was that little infield pop-up that just got caught by nobody, but the game was already out of uh, no control at that point. So maybe it was when Merrill Kelly – when Tori Lovello decided to pull him instead of keeping him out there going with Joe Mantlepye to try and get that final out against Bryson Stott?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because at that moment, Kelly actually pitched pretty well. Yeah. He let he let up three runs, but they were all on solo homers, two by Kyle Schwarber. And let me just say, as someone who grew up a huge Red Sox fan, why can't the Red Sox get players like Kyle Schwarber?
1: You anyway, would think, I, right? He'd I, be, a, he'd think be able to get fit. players like him. Yeah, perfect fit.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. There's no way they could. Um, but yeah, you know, they left the two home runs to Schwarber. And who did who was hit the other home run? Was it uh was it Greg Luzinski? Was it uh was it Jimmy Rollins who hit the other one? Yeah, was it Turner? Turner? It was Turner, it was Turner. Yeah. Um and he got into that jam in the sixth, and then he got two outs. He got the strikeout, he got the pop-up, and mm-hmm. we all know Kelly's a very talented pitcher, and we also know that, you know, if he got out of that inning, you wouldn't have to dip, they would not have to dip into the bullpen. There would have been like a little bit of a like like a rush. Okay, you, you got out of that inning. Instead, and there was a little bit of momentum when he got the two quick outs. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the momentum just stopped. And out comes Lavolo, who is a fine manager and obviously has his team in the national championship series but he took about for Manta Manta Ply is a Manta fly or Manta fly? <laughs> Manta Ply. Uh, whoever he is. I just remember when I was happy, I said, why are you doing this? Why are you taking your pitcher out at this point when he's showing when he basically the fifth inning, he got three straight strikeouts, boom, boom, yeah. boom,
1: struck out the he side, got, up,
0: got let up the home run, couple runners on, but then he got back. It's like, okay, now he's back in his groove. and, this is when I do sound like old man Sully. And I swear I'm not trying to be old man Sully here. But this is when I'm saying, is that what the numbers told you to do? Because at some point in the playoffs, you have to say, this pitcher can get us out. And you don't necessarily bring in a pitcher who wasn't pitched in a week mm-hmm. to come in at, at a critical juncture. And they took him out. And I knew the nanosecond they took him out in a feeling that I hadn't had this clearly since they took out. Uh, Blake Snell in Game Six of the World wow. Series during the COVID year, Out he came and I remember thinking this game's now going they they're, they're, they're going to blow the doors off the dump, and it's three nothing game, a bloop and a blast you're back in it, yeah, six nothing, it's over against this Phillies team, and so now, and and the other important thing is by it turning into a blowout, they didn't have to pitch Sir Anthony Dominguez. They didn't have to pitch Craig Kimbrell. They -hmm. didn't have to go to some of their A relievers who are now going to have two days to sort of, you know, they're going to have two days rest and be completely fresh for game three. And so I want your take on it, Mr. Diamondbacks, (laughs) if that really is your name, uh, to tell me your thoughts, because I thought that was a catastrophe while it happened. Yeah,
1: my, uh, I haven't loved the decision-making with Tori Lavello so far this series because I actually would have preferred if he pulled Zach Gallen a little bit earlier in the mm-hmm. first inning, or not in the first inning, but in the first game because I thought we saw early he didn't have it, gave up the two home runs in the first inning. I think by the time he gave up that Trey Turner double in the third, like I think he should have been pulled there. But like you said, with Merrill Kelly tonight, I felt confident Merrill Kelly. He felt settled in in those middle innings. And honestly, when you look at the box score, like it was the epitome of just capitalizing on mistakes for this Phillies offense against Merrill Mm -hmm. Kelly, because yeah, you said three solo home runs. Those were the only hits that Merrill Kelly allowed in this game outside of those three home runs. Merrill Kelly did not allow a hit. So anytime he did make a mistake credit to the Phillies offense for, you know, taking full advantage, but it's like, if Merrill Kelly was good enough to get Bryce Harper out in that inning, I think he probably could have been okay. Yes, Bryson starts a lefty and you want to go with the lefty on lefty matchup, but Mantipi, I just don't have enough faith in him in that moment with what I've seen from him this season, as opposed to a Merrill Kelly who was settled in at that point in the game yeah. like said, I would have trusted him um to keep going and now it's like it's almost like a wasted Merrill Kelly start where you're not going to throw him out in like a game five if you get to that point because he had to pitch so deep into this ball game it's like can you throw him on short rest now later in the series I don't know so it's like if he got through that six innings I think the whole tenor uh, of this ball game could have changed and maybe it's closer but it's a lot of what ifs with the D-backs through these first two games but uh, one thing that hasn't been a what-if is the stark difference in these two offenses because we've seen this Phillies offense come alive, uh, get home runs, right, come through late in this game. I mean, those sixth, seventh innings, I mean, were just disgusting for that yeah. Phillies offense. And vice versa, the, the this D-back's offense, their bats just haven't been awakened. They've been striking out a ton against those Phillies pitchers, so credit to them. And, you know, Ketel Marte has showed up. Yeah, but, he's been a know, great postseason player in his whole career when you look at yeah. him.
0: Right? And he's been terrific, but uh, everyone else—I mean, they had that one inning in game uh, in game one where they got the two the two run homer. Other than that, they scored one run. You know. Um, by the way, who I felt the one person who I think really benefited from uh, removing Merrill Kelly uh, at this particular juncture—you do you know who, who the one person who really benefited from
1: it—who
0: Slade Ciccone. Hey, you now we love Slade. Slade <laughs> was able to finally get into a postseason game. He was—he's going to be able to tell his grandchildren that he played in the postseason. Uh, and you know, I'm always—I'm always interested when it's a, a blowout game when you see you know who, who hasn't been in yet, and uh you know who can who's who's busting a box score, you know, at this yeah. point. So Slade Ciccone. And slade was
1: solid this year for the D-back. So if, like... but he wasn't going to get
0: in unless it was 10-0. You know, they're not bringing him in a high-leverage situation.
1: But if we get into, like, another, you know, Brandon... We'll talk about Game 3 later, but if it's one of those Brandon fought, he gets, you know lit up a little bit early i like Slade as like one of those long relievers over like a ryan nelson who we've seen early in this postseason so i'm team Slade all the way we'll be talking about adjustments for the d-backs in game two excuse me in game three and the rest of the series if the d-backs want to tie it up and eventually win the series but of course we still have aspirations of going to the world series and if you want to bet on the D-backs who potentially go to the World Series and still beat the Philadelphia Phillies in this series, you need to go to FanDuel because October baseball is back and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com to create your new account they can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. And of course, I love to do a little same game parlay. It didn't hit tonight. If you're a Phillies fan, it probably hit if you did the reverse of my favorite bet, which is D-backs money line and the over on runs. If you did that for the Phillies, you probably made some money tonight as I did not. So head over to FanDuel.com slash lockdown right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more at FanDuel, official sportsman partner of Major League Baseball. All right, back here on the Locked on Dimebacks crossover with Sully Baseball. If you like the show, follow at Creator Thomas 24 for the personal account, Locked on Dimebacks, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, follow Sully Baseball, his personal account, or look up Locked on MLB, and of course, on all your podcasting platforms, and also hit subscribe on YouTube. So, for the D-backs, you know, down to nothing in the series. Doesn't feel so good right now, Sully, but I'm not one of those people that are just going to write off the d back just because they look really bad so far. The, the Phillies are the most dominant team maybe we've ever seen the last two years at home in a postseason setting because that team has gone undefeated three World Series rounds the last two postseasons um, at home at Citizen Bank Park. I think the most electric atmosphere going right now, it's deafening in there. So for the D-backs, like, I don't want you to hold your head too low on yourselves right now. Like, I know that game two was disgusting. You had that one play where you had the pop-up on the infield. Like, once you saw that moment, it was like, all right, let's regroup. Let's get on the plane. Let's go back to Arizona, and let's just get our head straight because I still believe in this D-backs team, but it's going to be tough, and they're going to need to make some major adjustments moving forward. And I, I want to start it off with you, Sully. From what you've seen so far as the baseball historian you are, the Encyclopedia, what have you seen from the D-backs so far this series that you think that they really need to improve on if they have any chance of coming back?
0: Um, I think, some, I think the manager's got to make some – better decisions yeah in handling his pitchers. Um the bats need to wake up. Yeah. You know, Carroll's I mean it, it they've they hit the two run home who who hit the two run home run with that was your
1: catcher. Domo. That was Domo it was game. Domo okay. Yeah.
0: Uh he hit the two run home run. Other than that, they've scored one run. Yeah.
1: They haven't that, done. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And they're not and, getting opportunities, which is an issue too. They're not but, creating you know, we've seen like
0: you know Marte got that double when there was still a two nothing game. Yeah, you know, and it, or it may have been three nothing. I can't remember, but it was it, no. It must have been two nothing because it, when they got the third home run off of of Kelly, the second home run hit by Schwarber, uh, that made it three nothing, and then that's when they rallied. So it was it was a two nothing game when Marte got that one out double. You know, they've had runners on base. Yeah, they've but, had you
1: know, time run opportunities a lot of the times.
0: But I you know, we need Christian Walker to do something yeah. in this series. You know, you need. Um, Corbin Carroll to get on a roll. We need Guriel to get on a roll. You know, Marte is doing all the heavy lifting right now. And yeah. so, you know, they, they need someone to go. They, they need someone to have like a four for five game with a couple of doubles. The the thing that, here are some of the things that could work in the Diamondbacks' favor. The time in my life I saw a team down 2-0 where they looked maybe as bad as humanly pot like completely overmatched like mm-hmm. you almost felt pity for them was the 1996 world series where the first two games the braves absolutely trounced the yankees at yankee stadium the braves were the defending world series champions they were dying to get a second title win back-to-back titles and be able to put their name along like the big red machine and all the other great teams that won multiple titles the first two games Weren't even fair, you know. It was was a shutout blowout in one game. Maddox and Glavin, yeah. I remember Fred McGriff hit a home run off the foul pole. Andrew Jones matched Gene Tennis by hitting home runs in his first two World Series at bats. And they were going back to Atlanta down 2 0. And the Yankees looked dead from their neck up
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: knowing they would have to face Smoltz, Glavin and Maddox each one more time and um I, thought, I think it was Smoltz started game one and the Maddox started game two so it's Glavin started game three but either way they were going to face Glavin Maddox Smoltz at least one more time and they look dead from the neck up and they won the last four games
1: hey we both grew up Red Sox fans right we I mean if you want to talk about Boston being down three runs we've seen it in the past so it's like just being yeah. down two runs in a series. I mean, we've seen so many sports teams and basketball, so many seven-game series the last couple of years. It's like, yeah, the D-backs look bad those first two games at Citizens and Bank Park, but it's like, let's see the D-backs at Chase Field. Let's see what yeah. they look like in front of their home crowd. Let's see if D-backs fans can bring the energy. You probably can't match what, you know, those Phillies fans did because I think they're just the most obnoxious, the loudest, probably the best crowd in baseball. But can we be 85% of that, nine percent of that? And if that's true... Let's bring a new life to this game, and let's see what we can do.
0: And who's going to start for the Phillies? I mean, they've already Nola Nola's a wonderful pitcher.
1: Maybe Suarez. It seems like Rangers Suarez, Suarez.
0: You know Suarez is is fine, but you you know Nola and Wheeler are much better than Suarez. Suarez is a fine pitcher. Okay, there's no. There, I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle him, but you know this is when, you know, I mean, is you know Taiwan Walker would be really nice to have at this point. If you're a Phillies fan. But uh, you know, I don't I, I I don't see that this is like an overwhelming pitching advantage for uh for Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, it's like got-
1: the same yeah, it's almost like the same case study that we saw in game three with against the Dodgers, where it's like if the Dodgers bats don't wake up against Brandon Fott in that game three, they're probably never going to wake up. And it's probably the same with this d backs team. If you can't get past Those three and four starters in this Phillies rotation, you're probably never going to win this series because. The Zach Wheelers and the Aaron Nolas, those guys are on their game. This D backs offense through the first two rounds, they were the best team in baseball at seeing the most pitches per plate appearance. And with two strikes, they had 10 RBIs in those situations. And against this Phillies offense, or excuse me, against these Phillies pitchers, like Wheeler and Nola are just attacking that strike zone. They're not allowing you to get deep counts. They're staying ahead of these batters against the D backs consistently. And there's just too many times where I see the D backs batters just strike out looking or they just get caught at the plate, knees buckled, and they're just caught guessing on which pitch is coming next. I just think those two Philly frontline starters are just in complete command of everything they're doing. And this D backs offense is going to have to wake up against the Suarez's
0: of the world. Okay, here's here's where here's some hope for the Dimebacks. Mm-hmm. If Arizona wins game three, mm-hmm. there's hope for them. Because you know there's a game five and Gallon's pitching game five. And you know you have a puncher's chance with Gallon pitching. And you know you have a puncher's chance with Kelly pitching. So if they win this game three, that's why winning... Of course, winning one of the two games in Philadelphia was critical. They didn't. And you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But they do have a chance because they have those two excellent starting pitchers. And because they have those two excellent starting pitchers, if you force that game five, you... And Gallon could bring it back to Philadelphia, and you roll the dice with Kelly. Then you could put that puts you in a realistic chance to force a Game Seven, which, by all definitions, is a coin toss. Mm-hmm. So, Game Three, in so That's many it. ways, is the key. Yeah, I don't mean. see this team winning four straight. However, they can they could if you take it one bite at a time. The the Phillies Suarez versus say his last name please. Fat Pat Bat oh. Bat 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 bat, bat 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 What's his name? Fat. Fat.
1: Yeah. Fat. I,
0: I, I got it completely wrong
1: then. <laughs> yeah, and listen, it, I said it wrong for like two months on the pod. Yeah, so like, you're it's all a, good.
0: His name looks like Ooh. the spelling out of the air coming out of a balloon, which they <laughs> hope that Fat is going to put the air. Out of Philadelphia's balloon. Pff, ah. But that makes Game Three critical. They have to have their bats awake. They have to be handling. The, like everyone has to thread that needle. And I'll give Tori Lavolo a little <laughs> bit. of – You know, he he was accountable tonight mm-hmm. when he did his post-game press conference. He was saying, "We got to play. Everyone's got to do better, including the manager." I mean, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't let himself off the hook. But uh, you know, this is critical. Because game you know, game five gallon on the mound, we got you gotta give yourself a shot. Yeah. And you also have to hope that this day off will kill a little bit of the momentum for the Philadelphia bats. You gotta hope that there's a little bit of you know, they they cool down a little bit, you know. I mean, if they had to play again tomorrow, (laughs) but you know, maybe getting off the rhythm or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, and, I and I'm not saying this as, as a Diamondback fan or a Philly hater. I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly neither. What I want to see is a game seven, some point.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We all want that game seven. I mean, that's what sports are made for. Uh, Lovello, someone I'm going to be watching keenly in game three and moving forward, just because I've had such a love hate relationship with him throughout the regular season. I like the way he did the first couple of rounds, but yeah, so far this series, he even threw Sal Frank out at the end. Thankfully, Sal Frank only needed one pitch, but it's like he's the D-back's best lefty and there are just some question marks as to why you were throwing him out in a 10 nothing. Blowout, why would you throw out your best lefty for a guy like Bryce Harper to see of all dudes? But thankfully, you only need a one pitch so the Phillies didn't get too much of a look, of, uh, too much of a look at of Frank. He was South probably Frank. just
0: getting work. He was just probably rusty.
1: I mean, he might have been just rusty for sure. I mean, he's going to have another couple of days off before he has to pitch. Um, Again, hopefully he gets to go in game three because I do have a point on the bullpen that I want to make coming up as we're going to talk about Brandon Fott and his game three start. And we'll just talk about... Some of the things that the D-backs need to do if they want to win that game three over the Philadelphia Phillies. But one thing that I hope the D-backs are wearing after the game, you know, if they want to get a little comfy, Sully is a pair of bird dog shorts because bird dogs make you look good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric They keep you cool and dry all day long. I love my Bird Dog shorts because I always smell good when I wear them. They make me feel super comfortable, and the best part, you can wear them for any occasion. Go to the grocery store, the gym, or even a wedding. Probably not there, but really great for any occasion. Maybe you wear them under your trousers at the wedding. Probably want to do that. So go to BirdDogs.com slash lockdownmlb or enter promo code lockdownmlb at checkout for a free BirdDogs water bottle with your order. That's BirdDogs.com slash lockdownmlb for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, final segment here with Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB, and going to be talking a little bit about game three against the Philadelphia Phillies, because the one silver lining, I think you can say, because I think Brendan Fott's going to have incredibly short leash here if he gets off to a slow start, and I say it's a silver lining because one thing the D-backs haven't done yet is really utilize the best relievers in their bullpen, right? We did see one pitch out of Sal Frank, who's the D-back's best lefty, but He's still got a little work so far. Ryan Thompson, Kevin Ginkle, Paul Seawald. So basically, the top four relievers for the D backs have yet to be seen against the Philadelphia Phillies. So if Brandon Fa can somehow just make it through, Another four innings like he did against the Dodgers, right? Just get us through four innings, clean baseball. Maybe you give up one earned run. Like the the hook is going to be so quick for Brandon Fott. Any mistake he makes is going to be pulled immediately. But that could be okay in this kind of situation because the D-backs' best relievers are healthy and they should be ready to go. So I expect game three to be a big bullpen game where you see the best D-backs relievers and that could potentially give them the best shot to finally get a win and be on the board in this NLCS.
0: Yeah, and I think that I I think the DLF is going to be a is going to be a chance to clear their head. Mm-hmm. I do. I think there's going to be a chance to be in front of the home cooking, and I also think it's critical, critical, critical for the Diamondbacks to jump out to an early lead. They
1: have I think to. they have
0: to jump out, and you know they got to put the Phillies on their, their heels a little bit. You know because you know I've I mentioned on the show. My least favorite kind of baseball games are a team takes an early big lead and hangs on, and yeah, so far the, that seems to be every game this postseason. I thought the D
1: backs are doing against the Dodgers. Yeah, first they well, take the lead and that's it.
0: Well, you know what? They better look at this next pitcher. Whoever the Phillies are going to start, and just in their mind, just close their eyes and picture Clayton Kershaw. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, hopefully that works out for them. Um, Ranger Suarez might be on the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. I do have a question as to whether. Does Torrey Lavella want to switch up the lineup at all? I mean, yes. Eva Longoria has looked yes. a little bit longer in the tooth as this series yes. has gone on. Maybe you want to switch that up, go with some young blood, like Jordan Lawler, go with Emmanuel Rivera. I don't know if you want to try to, you know, may, maybe like a Lawler, like that young youth, maybe just does something crazy. I don't think he's ready for a postseason setting, but maybe just try to do something to spark this offense. If you're They
0: need to do something. Mm-hmm. They need to do something. This is, this is not... Well, we're going by the book right now. You have to do something to spark this team. If it means benching a veteran, if it means mixing up the lineup, file that under who cares. You're two wins, you're two losses away from playing golf, you know, and maybe rearranging the lineup will be exactly what this team needs to do. But we've seen their, their, their offense, which seemed to be able to Homer at will against Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. save for two innings has been completely dormant now against Philadelphia
1: yeah um, and that's that's kind of where you want the D-backs to get to their roots because they weren't a home run hitting team in the regular season. They were a team that lived in chaos, lived in the small ballness uh, of Major League Baseball. So it's like maybe we do see Perdomo lay down a couple more bunts at home. We okay. haven't seen the D-backs even take off, right? We haven't seen Corbin Carroll uh, really try to steal bases in this series. And he's been getting on base at least a couple times. So let's try to get a little bit more aggressive on this base path. We know this Phillies defense – isn't that good? And we haven't really been able to test this Phillies defense. Make them make plays on the diamond. So let's do that. Let's create havoc. We always say our hashtag right now on Twitter is embrace the chaos. So let's get chaotic. Let's wreak havoc. And let's put dudes on the bases. And let's start sending guys in. You know what? Maybe to a point get a little bit overly aggressive. Because at this point, it's not like the D-backs have been able to score runs. So maybe you try to steal a third base when you shouldn't. Or go from first to third when you shouldn't. You have elite speed uh, on this D-backs team. So I think you can at least afford to manage those risks and, and, and weigh the, the the cost benefit there. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you. Hey, before we wrap up here, uh, I'm going to throw our trivia question out, and this is also oh. going to go out to the Arizona Diamondbacks trivia uh, fans because it's a Diamondbacks-related question. Uh, the Diamondbacks have lost the first two games of this NLCS. They got swept in the NLCS in 2007 the last time they won an L- NLCS game was the clincher in 2001 where they won 3 to 2 against the Braves those two runs now this is a team that was filled the 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 game was filled with future hall of famers uh Chipper Jones, Randy Johnson, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz they all played in that game but what 42 year old Atlanta Brave hitter drove in both of the runs the last time the Diamondbacks won an NLCS game. For a losing cause, a aging veteran for the Braves provided all the offense. Which player was that? 2001, veteran provided all the offense for the Atlanta Braves the last time the Diamondbacks won an NLCS game. That's my trivia question for you. Try to do it without cheating, kind of like yeah. me doing the immaculate uh, grid, or try to do it without, you know, I don't look it up. I tell you it by memory. So there you go. Well,
1: well, honestly, just looked it up. But fun fact this dude, who I'm not going to say his name, played until the age of 48 years old. Uh, I would like to see where that stacks up amongst, you know, just the oldest players to grace the baseball diamond. I mean, he played from 82 to 07. That's a, that's a long career right there. So shout out this I,
0: guy. I, I was uh, a 10-year-old in fifth grade when he began playing, and I was a father of two when he finished.
1: That's crazy. That's, <laughs> That's actually career. crazy when you
0: think about it. That's a career, folks. That's a career. Okay. Um, Milo Thomas, where can we find your show?
1: Hey, at Thomas 24 for the personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. Please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube, and we're on all your podcasting
0: platforms. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and or or whatever it's called now and um your pal simon sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram doing a crossover who's hosting i'm taking over right now Miller thomas i'm paul francis so please call me sully and for another week we could fist pump and hopefully this series will go seven
1: boom